Hey, Revenue Radio, I'm Mary Grothy, and today is a bombshell of an episode. <laughs> Stacy Tobin is here with me today. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Mary, this is going to be fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you think they're ready for what's about to drop? I mean, I think so. I think they're ready to hear the news. <laughs> oh, gosh, this has been Are all... you ready? No. <laughs> I mean, that's the question. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in sheer panic over here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am ready to share the news. This has been an absolute long time coming. We have had listeners engaged in this podcast for the last few years, and I am so ready for everything that is coming next in my personal life, in our business life at House of Revenue for this podcast with Revenue Radio. I mean, a lot is changing. So here's my plan. (laughs) Are you guys ready? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Let me spend a couple of minutes. Let me drop this announcement and then we are going to spend the rest of the time talking about what is next. We are officially entering into a new era at House of Revenue. I am officially entering into a new era in my life (laughs) and I want to walk you through what has transpired. Uh, many of you know this story because, and if you don't, you can go back and listen to prior episodes. <laughs> you uh, they're amazing. <laughs> it was also heavily documented on my personal podcast, which is called Destination Remarkable, which is the name of the book that Forbes is publishing. For me, it comes out in September 2023. But anywho, I have been on an incredible journey the last five and a half years of my life. I'm the founder, as the CEO of House of Revenue, and I just had this incredible journey. 2018, 2019, and 2020, I was a startup CEO, and that was a lot of fun for me because I was in constant build mode, and we had a super small team. 2020 kind of rocked us, but we were able to recover from that, and it ended up being a Stacey knows it's like the <laughs> She's inside joke. Raving about 2020, I'm always having PTSD when she says it. I, like, I want to go back to 2020. I'm like, I never want to go back to 2020. Like for me, it was one of the greatest years of my life. <laughs> I start twitching when she starts talking about it. Everybody twitches when I make that comment, but Anyways. it really was a great year. And yeah. then everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people know. And in 2021, I got stretched to unimaginable lengths as a CEO. I had a team that wanted to be a part of something bigger. We doubled the size, more than doubled the size of our company. We scaled rapidly by adopting our own playbook that we use for our clients. And it really just pushed us into a whole new realm where I started questioning, like, do I want to be the CEO of a $5 million company? Like I actually liked it when I was a little bit more hands-on. I actually liked it when I did client work because that's what I found is I actually love being a CRO more than a <laughs> well, CEO. You're so good at it. Well, thanks. I mean, it's one of those weird things that evolved. I never saw myself as a CRO when we started this company, it was all about being a fractional VP of sales. But then obviously it evolved because our clients, the ones who had great Brady to marketing on their own, they were outperforming the other. So we adapted, we became CROs. Well, I learned marketing for the first time (laughs) through HubSpot's inbound marketing certification. Their resources and tools. If you have not checked out HubSpot, the videos, you can learn anything you want. I agree. I have a four-year marketing degree and the (laughs) four-hour HubSpot inbound marketing certification was better than my yeah. four-year marketing degree. But then, I mean, we got thrown into the trenches. I learned brand strategy, go-to-market strategy and marketing inside and out, building marketing engines. And it uh, rounded me out as a holistic CRO. So in 2020, you know, I still did client work. And I was a CRO that year for a really exciting company and I loved the work. But in 2021, I shed the CRO title and I became a full-time CEO. And when I didn't really know what was going on, but I was unhappy. 
And, but, but I owned this really big company (laughs) and I didn't have a choice. So I just showed up every day and I did everything that I thought I needed to do, but really I wasn't in my element and hindsight's 2020. Always. Right. I didn't know at the time I was just in survival mode. And so that survival mode carried into 2022. And then of course we've had a couple of events in our business and I, I, with my team, we rebuilt our offering and our company and getting the right people in the right seats and something magical happened in October. (laughs) All of a sudden I have the most unbelievable team and I finally got to take a deep breath. We had new clients on board. We had new team members. I mean, some of the most, well, Stacey, just look at her, right? Like of (laughs) Stacey's caliber. So you have former CEOs now sitting in the CROC. I mean, these people are unbelievable. They're so talented. And for the first time in about a year and a half, I was able to do something called breathing. I was just going to say, and you took a breath and gained your sanity. (laughs) It was the best breath that I've taken in a long time. (laughs) I could see that as I came on and other people came on, just the lightness. Uh, I laughed for the first time in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It's heavy. What people don't realize is being a founder CEO is no joke. You know, when I thought I wanted to be a CEO, I thought it was so glamorous and sexy. It is one of the hardest jobs out there. Yeah. Well, and you helped me out a ton because founder CEOs have blind spots. We (laughs) all have blind spots, whether you're a founder or not. Oh, they write books about it, girl. (laughs) Founder CEOs, I think, have a lot more blind spots than CEOs who are non-founders. So Stacey helped me personally, just helped me navigate. And so here's what was crazy. One of our old clients, Payroll Network, came back uh, to us in August of last year and their VP of sales had resigned and they came to us and they're like, can you help us recruit? I said, absolutely. I know the payroll and HR industry inside and out. It's my background. And plus we had payroll network as a client in 2020 and 2021 and, and they were just a dream to work with. We scaled their company. They're an incredible team, incredible company and uh, great humans to be around, like sign me up. Right. <laughs> so I helped them recruit a VP of sales. Unfortunately, that VP that we selected as top candidate didn't accept the offer. And so they were in a predicament because in the world of human capital management, HCM, it's also payroll HR, just put it all together. Same thing. <laughs> so the candidate didn't accept. And then we went into what's called January selling season because in the payroll industry, it's super easy to change over your payroll at the beginning of the year. So they do the majority of the business in January, which means the selling season is October, November, December. So super rough time to bring on a VP of sales uh, to get them ramped and the good ones aren't going to be available to recruit. So they're like, what do we do? And so this is the exact same time. New team (laughs) members had come on board. I was breathing for the first time. You were happier. Well, and I just said, can I do it? Yeah. Can I step in? And how's the revenue got to the point where it was running, people were happy, clients, employees, happy, things felt great, were profitable, everything felt good. And so I signed on with Payroll Network. Yeah. And I flew out there. I did all my deep dives and shadows and one-on-ones and I fell in love. And it's something that, I really couldn't control in the moment. Um, I also found something that was amazing. Every tiny little thing that I did was of value to them. That's got to feel so good when you've been beat down as a CEO, (laughs) feeling like you're (laughs) not cutting it as a CEO, although she was. No, it was hard. I mean, every, like I've read this in so many books and I think it's called The Founder's Dilemma, but every company is going to outgrow that founder CEO. 
And I, I, the company was outgrowing me, but I didn't see it happening. And I was holding on like this, but I was emotional. I was very worked up. I was triggered easily. My well-being was suffering. And I was just felt like every day, like I did the job because I had to do it. And I was in the survival mode when really a lot of that was just manufactured by me. Well, and it happens with a lot of founders. It's a transition. I think there's an emotional transition going from founder CEO to CEO led company. And we don't talk about that emotional transition. It's yeah. grief and it's loss. Change is hard. Yeah. Even for someone like me who loves change, the thing is, is it's like conscious or subconscious. <laughs> well, and it's, it's change on this whole new level. It's changing your identity. All the things that made you successful and got you to where you are are no longer serving you. Yeah. It, and it was weird. So... I was splitting my days because I was working as the uh, fractional or interim chief revenue officer at payroll network and then the founder CEO at house of revenue. And within a single day, if I was on a house of revenue task, my emotion and my well-being is in one place. And then I'd go do a payroll network call <laughs> and I was in a completely different place. And I'm like, hold on a second. This is Jekyll and Hyde. My heart and my value and like my sanity is in the CRO position. And I realized they're starting to go through the process of reflection of like, I'm actually super strong in this spot. Oh, for sure. And maybe there's someone better suited or some people better suited to help take House of Revenue to the next level. And that's exactly what happened. So through winter break and into January, my amazing team, and I don't, <laughs> I usually say our, but I'm going to say mine. I'm going to be <laughs> well, possessive. Well, I'm going to be possessive and then I'll go back to inclusive language. <laughs> my amazing team at House of Revenue saw what was going on. And they gave me permission even though it was a little bumpy. <laughs> Change is hard, as I said. <laughs> Change is always hard. They gave me permission to follow my heart and do something that is going to be extremely life-giving for me and others. And so as a team, our chief revenue officer, Stacy included, we met multiple times to say, how are we going to take Mary's job at House of Revenue and break it apart mm -hmm. amongst our, our senior leaders here so that she can go and do the thing. And um, I am so pleased in this announcement. Did I say I was going to take two minutes? This is really good. This is how it works around here. <laughs> I was say, regardless of what you said, it was going to be a fun story. That may not be two minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so my team has um, wrapped themselves around me and this company and our clients and our people. And together at the end of January, we announced to our clients and to our team members that I was going to step out of the CEO seat and pass that on. I was also going to step out of the business development seat and pass that <laughs> on. And I'm going to retain my founder title and still be present and be a strategic advisor to the company. But I have stepped into the a, a CRO position at Payroll Network, and it is an absolute dream. I in a million years, never thought at 39 years old, I would be stepping into a chief revenue officer position with an established successful 25 year company sitting just over 17 million with a plan to go to 50 million in five years. Had I not done this work here, I would have never, ever been considered for that role. I would have never applied for that role. I 
this is an absolute dream. And this company yeah. helped transform me into the leader and also into the revenue expert. Well, and you get to take all the years of experience you had from your clients to do this, mm -hmm. from what you've built. I remember when I interviewed for the job, you said, I built a company and a position that I would love to have. And so <laughs> I did you, say that. You did. And, and I'm so excited that you get to now step in and do the position. Oh my gosh. Uh, that you love. Yeah, and it and it's not without you and everyone else. So let me explain the changes. And and so Kristen Westberg on our team is she has taken the CEO title, and then every other CRO on our team has stepped in to take all the other parts of my role. So I'm Paralee on our team, who's our longest needing CRO. She yeah. is taking over onboarding and mentorship and development of all new team members, which is absolutely tremendous. She's so good at that. Oh my gosh, yeah. she's amazing. And then we have Dawn in Dallas, who's our expert in all things for startups and investors and funding and raising and capital. And he is also very experienced in SaaS. He's a six-time founder. He's yeah. had three exits. He's sitting in the CRO seat now. He is brilliant when it comes to that world. And I don't know a lot about raising money. And I mean, I am an investor. I, I like wrote a couple of checks last year, but like, I don't know like how to pitch. the cap table no. and venture capital versus private equity. It's a nuanced space that he's really well versed in. I, oh, I'm, I agree. I know enough to be dangerous, but I'm not quite at Don's level. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm also not a six time founder. <laughs> three exits. Um, and then we have Heather in Austin and Heather, holy cow, what a force. She has a force. This woman, from the moment I met her, I said, you got to work here. You have to be here. You have to be with us. Like we can't go to the next level without you. She is a growth hacker. So this woman also a multi-time founder, she is brilliant uh, when it comes to all things in growth marketing and growth in general. And so she has brought forth new ways for us to approach our client engagements yeah. that lead to growth faster and more efficiently, which is what our market needs right now. So she is teaching us all her ways and she is <laughs> instrumental in that, She's which brilliant. is incredible. Yes. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say. And so did I hit everybody but you? Did I forget anybody? I think you got everyone. Okay, me. great. And then there's so, me. So then there's Stacy. <laughs> and you know, what's really interesting is we met several years ago and I think we both did one of those like things across the room where we like <laughs> mentally connected, like we found our people, Yeah. but it was so cool to see somebody like me because mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of people like me. Yeah. It's hard to be the only one in the room that moves as fast as you move and maybe as in I don't want to speak for you, but as intense as I am, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and so it's sometimes you feel like you're the weirdo. Uh, but uh, to yeah. see other people that can relate, then you're like, oh, this is actually a great quality, not a bad quality. Uh, well, Stacy has really impressed me in a lot of ways and taken on something without me asking her to do it because it's just who she is. And we were hit uh, at the end of December, early January, just like a lot of companies with a little business development lull. A lot of people are very concerned right now with what's going on in the market and the economy. Yeah. And without me even asking, Stacy just, just just stepped up and she <laughs> knows a lot of people. She started planning events for us, getting executives to fill a room, providing unbelievable panelists for a thought leadership event. She starts having coffee with executives all around town. She's in a networking group. She started facilitating outbound messages and getting people in the know of who House of Revenue is. And then I had her on Revenue Radio, as you guys know. <laughs> 
I was like, dang, <laughs> somebody's kind of a natural on the podcast. And so it came up in a meeting and we asked if Stacy would like to step in to the host of Revenue Radio. And the response was, of course. <laughs> you know, when I had my company rise, I used to joke that I talked for a living. You know, my favorite thing was going on other podcasts, TV, radio, whatever it is. And so when I got to come on Revenue Radio with you, I was like, huh, I'm back. Here I am. It's just such a fun experience, you know, and it, it parlays so well to my skill set. I built my first, well, actually my second company. I used to joke one coffee at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not the most efficient. And if you're scaling your company, I wouldn't recommend it. Alicia Huck, my good friend who works with <laughs> fast growing companies is like death by coffee, you know, like <laughs> let's stop. But for me, what I love is it gives me a chance to connect one-on-one -on -one with some of the most impressive people out there and really learn from them. And that's a luxury that a lot of people just don't get. And they no. don't have time or desire. Alicia Raleigh is listening and rolling her eyes. Like, you could kill me before. Anyways, and what I realized is that network of some of the most impressive people, both in Denver and beyond, is so valuable. And how can we bring that to our community, to our listeners, and give them an opportunity to learn, you know, vicariously? Well, look, that's the deal is I think people just need to hear from others. If yes. I've learned anything, when I see somebody model it for me, it, then it becomes real. Yes. I am such a go-getter and I have always had to pave the way. I have had very few things modeled for me, but when I have had something modeled for me, it is mind blowing. And I just feel so much comfort. And I think then I can, yeah. because I might be fearless and high energy, but there still is that scared little girl inside of me sometimes. <laughs> okay. And the other time I will just run out of like, what do I do? Yes. I have had the hardest hardest last two years of my life. And well, had I, what like, I was thinking about this morning, when I was thinking about this conversation is there's so much amazing information out there for uh, startups amen. in terms of getting it off the ground to a certain point. But when you look at second stage and when you look at scaling, I, when I was in that place and having the struggles you're talking about, I had a hard time finding those resources. Mm -hmm. It's a scary, lonely place. And we need to be providing those resources for those second stage entrepreneurs. I think that's a gap in the market that we're excited to fill and going to what you're saying. You can't be what you can't see at the end of the day. And, you know, I was a part of EO, great mm -hmm. organization. Yes. And they talk about the valley of death right? Companies will get to a certain point and then there's this valley of death that you have to try to get past. And it's because in my opinion, there's lack of resources and conversation around this next stage. And that's what I'm excited for this podcast to be is bringing on these amazing leaders that I have met through the years that come from all different backgrounds, yes. all different, you know, CEOs and various other positions to really be a resource to our listeners about when you're scaling and growing your company, how do you get over those pitfalls and how do you avoid that valley of death and take your company to the next level? So we don't feel like we're failing every day and it's affecting, <laughs> it's affecting our sanity and our quality of life. Let's it have is. those conversations too. I want to bring on people like Lloyd Barr, who goes into companies, large companies, talk about mental wellness yeah. and how to navigate some of the challenges. So I'm just so honored that you trust me enough with this incredible, you know, Mary has built not only an incredible company, but this incredible podcast mm. and none of us would be here without her. And part of the reason I took that upon myself and got all fired up is because I believe and what you've built. Thank you. It's special. And, you know, I think all of us here at House and Revenue, 
want to be a part of continuing, you know, your vision and growing it to what we know it can be. And uh, it's just an honor to be a part of it. Well, I'm just so excited to get out of everybody's way. <laughs> like that's a big thing too. And I think it brings a lot forth in founder maturity Yes, is knowing when the time comes. And it was the awareness in October. I was like, wait, I think we're almost there. Yeah. But then it was the emotional. Yeah agreement and grieving right through all of us to realize it's gonna look different yeah but I will say I mean I've been officially in my role as CRO at payroll network in the last you know couple of weeks and then I attended a a CRO meeting here at house of revenue just yesterday (laughs) and I was so grateful yeah I was blown away. Well, Kristen's a great CEO. And I I think you're speaking to that transition of founder-led to CEO. Yes. Founder-led, you have your hands in everything and feel like you have to be a part of it and you're a super doer. The CEO-led, which sometimes can be the founder. I mean, a founder can grow. It's just a really hard thing to do, (laughs) not fun, and you're going to make lots of mistakes unless you hire companies like House of Revenue (laughs) to help you with that. But what's so brilliant about Kristen stepping in as CEO is, you know, she, she... she has such a vast experience uh, in the yeah. corporate world and various other positions. And, you know, her leadership in that meeting yesterday really shined, in my opinion. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it, it, it's it's just neat to see. And to your point, when it's CEO-led, it's about hiring the right people. And to your point, getting out of the way, which is hard. It's yeah. not easy. People think no. it's like, okay, I'm going to hire the right people and then I'm gone. Well, no, that's not how that works. No, but I'm grateful. That was the feeling <laughs> yesterday was grateful. I know you've said grieving a couple of times. and like, I think that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> yesterday was nothing but gratitude. And then knowing we were coming in today to record this, I've never had more confidence that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I think you in this seat is going to be brilliant. Thank you. I sent you that message yesterday on Slack. What you have done in the last month or two, as far as networking and engagement in our community and brand awareness and introducing people into our world and vice versa. I never did that in five and oh, just over five years of running this company. I never did it. I'm like, Stacey, what you've done in two months, our company is going to be completely transformed. <laughs> Give it another six months, a year. Yeah. I cannot wait to see where this company goes. I'm invested in this. I am yes. here for the ride and I am so grateful, but I do have a question for you. Uh-oh. As Am I podcast ready? host, <laughs> do I get to come back as a guest? Well, uh, yes, of course you'll be one of my guests because I'm bringing on founders and CEOs and people doing really cool things. So I think you fit that bucket. <laughs> I mean, I think. What do you guys think, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Stacy, what you're about to do with this podcast, you know, it, it is a whole new era. I think that it is time to get other executives and experts in this seat so we can all learn from them. I am ready to like, what do they do in wrestling? They like tap out, right? (laughs) I'm I'm tapping out. It's time. But in a way, I'm also not going anywhere. And that's, I think, the best part, you know, because I think we get the best of both worlds. And so I couldn't be more excited. It's a great opportunity. I hope you guys join us on this ride. Like she has said, I I can't tell you how excited I am about the guests that I'm talking to about getting them in here. And, you know, they're people I admire and people I've learned so much from. And so tune in to the upcoming episode so you can learn too. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So with that, 
I am officially. <laughs> I wish you had something to like pass to me, like a crown, like a crown know, want, or a. Do you want my phone? Whoa! Okay. <laughs> I have my phone here, and it like randomly turned on the flashlight. Was this I trying to hand, put a spotlight on me? Hand, I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. Here, here's the baton. Here's my phone. Okay, we have officially passed the fake baton, Stacy. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this, and also thank you for serving me as a human. Um, for anybody that's gone through the founder uh, transition, I don't think I could have done that without you. Really, genuinely, that thank you. Lot. You dug to the bottom and you helped me so <laughs> oh, much. So would. thank you. And to all of our listeners, I'm officially signing off as your host and I will gleefully come back as a guest <laughs> when Stacy allows me. Of course. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, everybody.